0: man was standing Jesus passed by, Jesus passed by my way, and he made me whole that day, just a sinner was I. Take your Bibles, if you would, to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21, verses 25 to 27. What the, what the liberals fear most, what the liberals fear most. We've been hearing a lot. If you've been watching CNN, MSNBC, CBS, ABC, CB, any of the major channel networks, they're a cesspool of liberalism. Uh, there's really none of them that are representative of the conservative mindset uh, of our country. And so they're, they're what they call progressive. Progressive. It's a good word except when applied to moving the ancient landmarks, which your forefathers have set. Uh, the Bible, it does not tell us to be progressive in that realm. The Bible says, remember the, the landmarks that the forefathers have fought for and have placed and don't move them. That's what the Bible says. One of those was gambling. Our forefathers fought hard to outlaw gambling in the 50 states, almost the 50 states. They didn't win in Nevada, and they didn't win in Virginia. There were some exceptions where they could gamble, and they could gamble offshore. But I can tell you, gambling is a plague upon any people. It's a plague upon any people. It's like saying smoking's good. I don't see one good thing that smoking does for our country, people who smoke. And it's amazing in my generation, our country turned against smoking. Now, you know, you people raised in the 50s and 60s, everybody smoked. I mean, movie stars smoked. If you were John Wayne smoked, got lung cancer too. But I mean, they, they smoked. I mean, everybody's brother smoked. Everybody smoked something. In the 60s, it was a couple other things, but I mean, everybody smoked something. And all of a sudden, it, the truth. Now, you, everybody knew that they were addictive, right? Cigarettes are addictive. But I love it when, they, when, they, when, when the uh, companies come out and say cigarettes are not addictive. I wanted to spit and kick the TV. I was addicted so badly to cigarettes, I felt like I was a slave child. Now, I've never been addicted to anything like that, never want to be. But you know you can't bring smoke in your lungs. Stick your head over the campfire for a half hour and just go, and smoke don't do you good. Dying of lung cancer left and right, dying of emphysema left and right, dying of all kinds of other problems left and right. And, 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 and our uh, companies in America, Winston and a couple of the North Carolina companies, were like, oh, no, it's not addictive. And they're adding things into the tobacco that makes it more addictive. That's what we found out later. But, I mean, our country took a stand against smoking. I think that was a positive revival, by the way, in some degree a revival. Because smoking's bad, and they said it was bad. That's re- what revival is when you agree with God. And so, wouldn't it be wonderful if they took that same stand against alcohol? Ooh, doggies! If America dried up, dried out. I mean, we quit drinking. Sixty-five percent of your crime would go down like that. Any policeman will tell you that most of the crime that happens, people get they get jacked up on. Either alcohol or drugs or something to get the courage to do it, and they don't know half what they're doing. Imagine how many, how much immorality would be lessened if you didn't get the, if, it, if women didn't drink. It only takes one. If women didn't drink, and so, uh, man, oh man, oh man, the liberals, they fear going back to fundamental landmarks, to to areas, and I'm going to talk spiritually tonight about it, because there's a group of spiritual liberals. Oh, my, they're out there. Every one of your major denominations has a very, 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 very liberal sect to it. The Episcopalian denomination, I don't think they have any conservatives in the Episcopalians that I know of. The Presbyterian U.S., Presbyterian U.S.A., there are very, very few conservative, biblical conservative people in that. There are few. Uh, The Methodists, the United Methodists or the other Methodists, uh, almost completely sold out to liberalism. Uh, You you can just start going down through the names of the mainline denominations, and you're going to be sad to know and when you read some of their things about what they think about, I spoke about this morning, they don't believe the Bible. I'm talking about believe the Bible is 100% the Word of God from heaven, just like it says. No, no. That separates the men and the boys right there, brother. Anytime you meet a liberal and they say, we're just like you are, we really believe the same God, we believe the same Jesus, we're saved like you. you say, oh, I'll tell you what, let me, let me ask you a couple questions. And then start going down through the miracles. Well, You start with creation. And start just working down through the miracles of the Old Testament as you know them. And you're going to find they're going to go, now, come on, you really don't. You don't really accept those. Yeah, Yeah, we do. We believe God, your God's a little small God, our God, big God. The universe can't inhabit our God. He can't hold our God. Tonight I want to talk to you about what the liberals fear most. That is man's opinion. Man's opinion. In Matthew 21, um, they're trying to get Jesus to say something. In fact, that was their method. try to get Jesus to say something that would disqualify him. Does that sound familiar? Election? Uh, Every time Trump spoke, they grabbed it, whatever it was, and tried to make him, he's not qualified, he's not qualified, he's not qualified. I'm not saying he was qualified. I'm just saying that the point being uh, that's all they can think about. He, apports, he he appoints a cabinet that's more conservative than Reagan's cabinet, and all they can talk about is his Twitter account. All they want to talk about whether this guy's Twitter or not. I am not a Twitterer. How about you? If you're a Twitterer, don't tell me. You can Twitter if you want to. I, I text back and forth. I, I think I'm gonna join Twitter. I think I'm gonna Monday remind me. I'll join Twitter up. I'll I'll get on uh Trump's Twitter account—they got 17 million people on his Twitter that have joined him now. So I might as well join up and find out what's going on. Maybe can you Twitter both directions? Yeah, he'll never read it though. Anyways, okay. So they're trying to—they're trying to get Jesus in his words here, and they say the baptism of John, whence was it, from heaven or from men? Now Jesus, Jesus, uh, when you push God and push God and push God, and all of a sudden He turns and says, "Okay, what about you? What about you?" So he asked these men after they tried to get him in his words over the chief priests and elders. He says, The baptism of John, what, where was it from? Was it from heaven or from men? And the, the Pharisees and, you know, the Sadducees and Herodians and all the people with their scribes and lawyers reason with themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, there was a baptism of John was from heaven, in other words, God was in it and he, and he was from God, he will say unto us, Well, then why did you not believe him? Because they did not believe John the Baptist. But if we say, it's not of God, it's of men. notice those, and underline those next four words, we fear the people. Public opinion. Public opinion. For all hold John as a prophet. And they answer Jesus and says, we cannot tell. Now, you know they could tell, and he knew they could. And he said unto them, neither do I tell you by what authority I do these things. In other words, you're going to stay lost you're going to stay lost if you won't get honest with me. Father, we pray tonight that you'd anoint thy word, thy, uh, the preacher, and, Father, the, the word of God may go forth with power tonight. We ask you, the Holy Spirit, overcome strongholds tonight, overcome, overcome testings that are coming our way. Help us, Father, to cling to you. Help us to not be snared with the same things the liberals get snared in, the fear of man. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, our major colleges are are liberal, news media is liberal, entertainment industry is totally liberal, most of existing, and I have to say this, most of the existing churches in America are liberal. It's almost always been so, it was so in Jesus' day. Um, In the background of our text, as in our day, in Jesus, the liberals ruled the religious power of the moment. They were the... Centers of education, they held the political power that were being uh, that were established in the nation of Israel. They seemed to have every base covered, the whole game sewed up, until an unusual man showed up called Jesus from the wicked city of Nazareth, which they had a little proverb that said, "Can any good thing come out of Nazareth?" The hated northern section of Israel, which had been uh, co-mingled and inhabited with, uh, with uh, uh, a half what they call half-breeds. They had asked him from where he obtained his authority to be this teacher, which so many people were following, and also the healing that he was able to do. The unusual doctrine which he taught, he challenged them as he did and as you just read in this text. Twice in the same chapter of our text, it it records the religious leaders feared the people. They feared the people. It says in Matthew 21, 26, but when they sought to lay hands on him, they feared the multitude because they took him for a prophet. Liberals are tireless advocates for their causes. I sometimes admire their zeal. That's about all I admire, but I admire their zeal. You remember years ago, the ERA, that's not a real estate company, it is an uh, equal rights amendment. It was not a new thing, but just about, they, they, they were wanting to change and make a constitutional amendment that women could use the same bathrooms as men. And don't, trust me, I don't get it. Why would a woman want to come in a dirty old man's bathroom? The seats are all dirty. I mean, uh, what in the world is going on? They just want to break your back. That's what this is bigger in the bathrooms. They're just trying to break the old foundations. Whatever they got to do, they want to break the old foundations. And the ERA. I was living in South Carolina. Where you you probably live in South Carolina. Maybe remember this. You were a small child, but uh, South Carolina was the 39th state to vote ERA. Now you have to have 39 states, if I remember right, to pass a constitutional amendment. Had South Carolina voted for the ERA amendment, you would have had unisex bathrooms going back into the 70s. Okay, remember that? Y'all out there, anybody wait? But, I mean, I was there, man. I went around telling people, don't vote for it. But I remember working in some houses laying carpet where where the women of the house would have their table solid with envelopes. Solid with envelopes. I mean, envelopes like, I mean, thousands and thousands of envelopes. And you know, I'm curious. What are those for? Oh, I'm advocating the ERA amendment. I'm sending these to all my friends and all my relatives and all the people I know to vote for the ERA amendment because it came up for a vote in the state of South Carolina. And I, when I, when I witnessed, when I began to talk to the girl and began to see her zeal for her cause. I was just uh, taken back, and I thought to myself, if Christians had half of this zeal, we'd 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 either win the country to Christ or they'd kill us all. One or the other. Wow! Praise God the vote came and South Carolina voted not to support the ERA amendment. They had nowhere else to go so it dropped and we didn't have it until just recently when our beloved president put an executive order on that. But ERA, the NOW, remember that? National Organization of Women. Women wanting to rise up and take over. Gay rights. And I hate the word gay, really. The word gay is a good word. Let me me try to explain myself. The word gay is good. I don't like it when the devil takes a good word and he tries to put it to a bad thing. Homosexuals, transvestites, lesbians, and the old-fashioned word queer is what they should be called. That defines them where everybody knows what it means. When you say gay, that just means a happy person. I mean, t- don't don't do it. But I mean, uh, <laughs> you come up to me and say I'm gay. I'm gonna say I got an opening tomorrow morning. But it was a come constantly. You need to come in. But no. Uh, remember the gay pride days they started having. Up uh, they uh, remember their opposition. The liberals opposed the death penalty. They oppose corporal punishment. They oppose spanking your kid. Brother, they'd be for that if they took care of my kid for a while. I mean, you need to spank your child. It's Bible. It's right. It's Bible says if you don't spank your child, you don't even love them. You definitely don't love me. Who have to eat around them and be around them? Some spoiled brat make me make me crazy. Shorten my life. I can tell you this right now. I don't fly. The, the airline industry has lost a lot of money on me. I've driven, I'll drive 5,000 miles rather than fly and have to sit beside some spoiled kid. God, you want to know that. They opposed us. We want to pray in school. They were, oh, we can't pray in school. Want to read our Bible in school. Can't read your Bible Go and have 10 commandments. Can't read your Ten commandments offends us. You see where we've been going? Praise God, Texas. Ooh, Texas took a turn for the good the other day, and they said they couldn't put a Christmas decoration up in the school and, and it's old Texas, the big guy in Texas said, Oh yeah, you can do that. In fact, it's law, you can do it 2013. So praise God for Texas standing up for that. The Ten Commandments, but there's one thing that they fear more than that more than uh, uh, not having equal rights and, and not having women equal with men and not having gay rights and not having the, and, and, and having a death penalty. they fear more than anything what people think of them. Public opinion. The, you notice know, the polls are so popular among them. They do not seem to fear God, however, they fear what men think but they don't even believe there is a God. but the Bible says, the fear of the Lord is a few things. Let me give you some of the things the fear of the Lord is. If you if you have, by the way, let me define fear. My dad, I feared him. How many of you here feared your dad? You're smart people. Let me tell you, my dad put the fear of God in you right up front. Right up front, he put the fear of God in you. And and he he made you never want to come back to that little session he had with you. Uh, some of you people maybe well you you, you know the old switch or whatever and paddle. My dad would take his belt out, and he would put some serious hurt on you, and talk to you as he was doing it. Don't you be doing this again. The next time would be twice as hard or something like that. And thank God that's probably why I haven't been in prison the rest of my life. Why probably I didn't murder somebody. Why probably I got was tender to the law of God. Uh, understood understood the concept of obedience. It's because my dad cared for me and my mom cared for me, and they spanked me and they and and they took care of me and that. But uh, I I feared my dad. Now don't take that bad. The word fear can is is also in in part connotatively. Uh, it means to respect and reverence. You know what I mean? Example, where I live, there's rattlesnakes. Rattlesnakes. Okay, I've killed a couple forty-eight inch diamondbacks. Uh, I've killed thirty. Thirty-five, thirty-six pygmy rattlers are about this long. You know, we've killed a few, a few snakes. And 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 if I, I can tell you this, I fear reverence a rattlesnake. I give him his space. I give him respect. I've I've done over five thousand hours under the water. And I can tell you, I respect the ocean. I fear the ocean. But you understand, it's not that unhealthy fear that makes you makes you go back in a corner and quiver. It, and we're talking about just a respect. When the Bible says to fear of the Lord, it doesn't mean you hide from him and you, oh God, going to hit me, the man with a big stick kind of thing. It is a reverence for who he is. That he holds your life tonight. It's the reverence for who he is. Your creator, he, he formed you, he thought about you, he fashioned you. Uh, he, is, he is your best, He is. there's no friend like your creator. But we've chosen to sin against him. We have directly disobeyed him. We've rebelled against him and we need some forgiveness, some reconciliation. That's what salvation is all about. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, cleanses us from how much? All sin. All sin, and it reconciles us to God. Well, in the death of Jesus Christ, God had, to be, God had to be reconciled to us, and we had to be reconciled to God. There was a two-way reconciliation went on there. The Bible says in the Psalms, in the, "God's angry with the wicked every day." That's what the Bible says. Oh, He's a God of love. He loves all. He's not. He does not love. Gay pride. He does not love transvestitism. He does not love homosexuality. He does not love immorality. He does not love adultery. He will send you to a devil's hell over that stuff. He hates it. Why? All the suffering combined is due to sin. So fear of the Lord. What is it? The fear that what the, what what the liberals hate the most is the. It is, is a fear of man and what he says. that The Bible says we're supposed to fear God. They don't have, in fact, it says a couple times in Scripture, they didn't have the fear of the Lord. Why did they do what they did? They just didn't have the fear of the Lord. I think it's number one important in a Christian's life to get a healthy reverence, respect, and fear of God. Now, how are you going to get that? How are you going to get that? You're not going to get it from me tonight. You're going to get it as you read down through the Old Testament and as you read down through how God acted to his people and with his people, as you read about Ananias and Sapphira uh, offending the Holy Ghost. Uh As you begin to read down through this book, you're going to get a healthy idea of who God is and why you should have some fear of the Lord as you did your mom and dad as you did your principal at school, as you did your police chief in your local town, as you better do the federal government, as you better have a little bit of reverence for the IRS and all this other authorities that are over us, we should have reverence to them. So I put a list together. I did a little study here. Uh, Because of the fear of the Lord, the Bible says the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Proverbs 8.13, for the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. I said it this morning. Pride and and arrogancy, and the evil way, and the forward, forward, that's a perverted mouth, do I hate. God says it right there. That was a Solomon under, the, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Proverbs 16, 16 says, by mercy and truth, iniquity is purged, and by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. The reason the people fall into sin, I'm talking about born-again Christians now, okay, is because they lose the fear of the Lord. God becomes distant from them. He becomes out of touch to them. He becomes away from them. But if you walk with God, the Bible talks about walking worthy of the call. You walk with God, and He's right here, and you're talking to Him, and you pray without ceasing, and you're communicating, and say, "Lord, you know, direct my every decision today." And I love You, and thank You for dying for me, and You have a spirit of gratitude, an attitude of gratitude all day long. When when the devil comes by with a, with a temptation to sin, you're going to immediately go, ooh, ooh, no, 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 no. But if you haven't prayed for a week, you're not in the Word of God, and you don't go to a church where they try to encourage you to do that and encourage you to be responsible to God. The devil comes by and you say, that looks good. You know, when I talk to people that have sinned, they over and over and over again grab their head and say, I cannot believe I did it. Now, over and over again look at me and say, Bill, I can't believe I did it. It's so crazy. I said, absolutely insane. Sin is insane. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. The fear of the Lord produces obedience to his word. Proverbs, uh, Psalm 10. the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, a good understanding of all they that do his commandments, his praise endureth. Forever, over and over, in Proverbs and other places, the fear of the Lord is the very beginning. It's the very essence of wisdom. Maybe what we lack in the in the uh, fundamental Bible-believing church is the fear of the Lord. The old timers, the old brother brother Morris preaching, uh, buddy. They got they had a good grip. Uh, I'm trying to think of uh, some names here uh, for you. Uh, John uh, Rice, uh, Lester Roloff, uh, uh, some of the names. These old boys, they hated sin. They were against sin. They preached against sin. One of the complaints I heard through the years was, our preacher, all he does is preach against sin. Well, you know he probably does a little more than that, but it must have hit him. I heard one guy I left left this church uh, years ago when I was assistant pastor under Pastor McKinney. I went to his house to visit him. And while he left the church, he said, because all Pastor McKinney does is preach against long hair. The guy had long hair you know, down to his shoulders or something like that. He says, all he does is preach against long hair. And I looked at him and I said, are you crazy? In the, twi- in, the in the eight or nine years, however long I've been there, I've only heard the guy say anything about long hair on men twice. Well, he said last Sunday he said it. I said, yes, that was number two. But see, it hit him so hard and so personal that that's that's... That's all he does. Preach again. Well, brother, uh, your friend is, a a real friend will tell you the truth. Real friend will just tell you the truth. They're not going to be so politically correct, so worried about how you react, so worried about if you get offended that they, oh, by the way, forget to tell you the truth. Tell me the truth. Tell me the truth. I got to deal with my staff, Brother Moon and Brother Chris. If I got something hanging on my face, you just go ahead and tell me. If I got bad breath, just go ahead and tell me. But try to be sweet. If my hair is uh, standing up, tell me. What's the fear of the Lord do? Oh my. God is greatly to be feared, the Bible says. Greatly to be feared. I like it here in Psalm 89 7 it says, God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints. In Isaiah 8 13 to Sanctify the Lord of hosts, and so let him be your fear. And let listen to this. And let him be your dread. Let him be your dread. I don't know about you, but it keep me up at night if I thought I was going to fall into the hands of God Almighty as his enemy. It'd keep me up all night. You wouldn't have to volunteer to watch, brother. I'd come out here, I'd be I'd be walking around like why you mean God. Man, if I thought I was going to have to face God and answer for my sin and have him angry at me, the God that made all that is, the God that everywhere you look is his, I'd be worried. I'd be be in dread. And that's part of the reason why I got saved, because I was. I got saved on a Sunday school teacher, five years old, teaching on hell. She taught a five year old that if you don't get saved, you're going to die and answer for your sin and go to hell. A five year old. Now you say, oh, them little five year olds, so cute, didn't everything wrong. You just don't know them well enough. Ask our K5 teacher. I like Jesus' words in Luke chapter 12, verse 5 but I will forewarn you whom you shall fear. Jesus' words. Fear him which after he hath killed, have power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. Jesus' words. Fear of the Lord produces confidence in your life and stability. It doesn't produce instability, it produces stability. In Proverbs 14 26, and the fear of the Lord is a strong confidence, and in his children have. A place of refuge. Proverbs 28, 1. The wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Why? We understand the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord drove me to a place of coming before him and, and pleading and asking him to save me. Also understanding that when he did save me, he forgave me and cleansed me. Why? Because the same God I trusted in the first message, I trusted in his second message and in his third message to me and how he's redeemed me and put my, lamb, my name in the last book of life, I trust him. I have a reverence for God that gives me strength and confidence in an unstable world. Brother, liberals are anything but dogmatic. They pride themselves in being open-minded unless you disagree with them. They are not certain about anything except that you can't be certain about anything. Not too fast. They ain't certain about nothing, except they're certain that nothing's certain. And whatever it is, they're certain the fundamental Bible believing Christianity can't be right. It's amazing to me how absolutely they use the word tolerance and tolerance and multiculturalism tolerates the diversity of everybody and celebrates everybody's diversity, except if you disagree with them. You heard that quote from that from that professor of a campus, I didn't name the campus, but you heard the quote where it says, you cannot be part of this university and disagree with this. We, you're out if you disagree with us on this. That seems a little intolerant, just slightly. The truth is, we born-again Christians are very tolerant. We give mercy often, often to these groups, helping the down and out, the drug addicts, Brother, faith missions all across the United States started by Christian churches, Bible believers. We got one uptown here. Uh, the, the faith mission, helping, helping uh people with places to to live and 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 to and to work and and give them the gospel. Fort Myers Rescue Mission. Uh for fear the Lord causes one uh, to stand even when it's dangerous. Uh, you know, you know. I think of the midwives. Remember in Egypt, how they, uh, the Pharaoh said the the the, Egypt, the uh, Israelites are having too many kids. They're going to outnumber us, and um, you know, um, kill all the boys. We like the girls, but kill all the boys. Midwives didn't didn't do that, did they? The Bible says in Exodus one seventeen, but the midwives feared God. And did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men children alive. Now, you know, there was, there was their neck was right there on, on the, the, you know. And it says in verse 21, it came to pass because the midwives feared God that he made them houses. Amen. He gave them what they personally could not have or did not have evidently, but were helping other people in birthing. They got pregnant. They had babies. They were prospered. Brother, brother fear of the Lord will help you stand even if it's dangerous to stand. You'll stand with God over everything else. The fear of the Lord produces one that's more concerned about pleasing God than men. This goes back to my original theme of the fear of man. Galatians 1.10 says, For I do not persuade, or do I persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For yet if I please men, I should not be a servant of Christ. One of the hardest things about being a pastor is you can't please everybody. Everybody has, a, has a, uh, 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 a protocol, a stereotype of what a pastor ought to be like. Some of you feel a pastor ought to be this, and some of you feel a pastor ought to be that, and I'm none of those. Or if I am one of them, I'm not in another area. And so a pastor never is able to do, it's like having a wife you never please. Preacher. It's like having a wife you never can make happy. Some of you have had them. I said that past tense. Because if you aren't going to go too long, if you if you don't have something, you know what I said. I want to tell a joke, but I'm not going to do it. We should be willing. We should be willing to do the right thing, no matter what. Even in the face of around us, people not being happy with us, but if it's the right thing to do, do it. Why? Because we care more about pleasing God. Because we fear Him. We reverence Him. We're in awe of Him. And we, we care more about pleasing Him than we do about pleasing our peers. About pleasing those get that come around us and put pressure upon us. We want to please God. The fear of the Lord will help you with that. Because the fear of man causes weakness and defeat in our spiritual warfare. Uh, The fear of man is possibly one of the main causes for people not witnessing. I've thought lots about this through the years. Fear of man. What do you really fear? You fear that they're going to disapprove of you, don't you? Most people say, well, I don't talk about Jesus because if they go further than the gospel, I don't know any more than that. There's nothing wrong with saying, I don't know any more than that. Give them the gospel, and if they ask you a thing you don't know about, say, you know what? I don't know about that, but I do know about this. And go back to the gospel. Just stick with the gospel. Don't leave it. what What about this theory? I don't know about the Q theory. I don't know who wrote the gospels. I just believe God wrote the whole thing. And you don't have to get caught up in all that stuff trying to argue. You'll never win an argument with them anyway. You might as well just trust God and tell them the truth. It'll help you. Fear of God will help you not to fear man. It will help you to witness. I care more about pleasing God because I fear him than I do man. Consequently, I go against uh, a public opinion. I go against uh, what's popular. And I go against what's even internally uncomfortable. And I go ahead and say, yes, I'm going to talk about Jesus. Yes, I'm going to represent Jesus Christ. I may not be a very good Christian, but I'm going to tell people about Jesus Christ before I get out of here. So on my right hand and on my left hand, forward and backward through tracks and every other means possible, I'm at least going to tell them Jesus saves. Jesus saves. You can be saved. That they'll not someday be able to point a finger at me and say you never said anything, never indicated that you knew that you could be saved. The fear of man responsible for much sin. Imagine how many how many out of wedlock babies there have been because the girl. On a date with a young man, didn't want to make him unhappy. Didn't want to lose him as a boyfriend. Trust me, girls, when I tell you this, a man will say anything. If he's trying to mate you, he will say anything. He's a liar of liars. Can't trust anything. He says nothing. It isn't worthy. And girls, uh, how many girls have been worried about that and ended up going ahead and doing it? And then, then consequences came their way. How much immorality has happened because of the fear of man? A fear of whatever. How many times young men have been talked into doing something stupid? I mean double stupid because the rest of their buddies were like, oh, man, go ahead and try it. What are you, some sort of chicken? You don't have the guts to do it. And they went ahead and did something. In some cases, lost their life. They lost their life. They lost their reputation. They lost their life. They were injured. Colleges have these uh, societies and sorority, whatever, you know, and and they – They have these uh, uh, initiations. and They cause these kids, almost every year, some college kid, which is somebody's son or somebody's daughter that they, in faith, sent to college, die because of some sort of a stupid initiation thing that they went along with. Fear of man produces that. You don't have to fear man, brother. Trust God all the way. Fear God. Keep his commandments, and he'll take care of you. He'll go your way. He'll he'll encourage you. He'll strengthen you. He'll build you up. He'll be there when nobody else is there for you. He'll go to the lowest low and the highest high that you'll go in this life. He'll help you. What do the liberals fear the most? They fear the opinion of men. They have the fear of man. The Bible says the fear of man is a snare. And by the way, a snare is a trap. And it'll trap you and hurt you. You say, Brother Bill, I haven't really been the witness I'm supposed to be. Why don't you change that? I haven't been bold with my with people I'm working with like I should be, like the Holy Spirit's telling me to be. Why don't you change that? You're one choice away. Who do you fear the most? You want to fear God and do what he asks you to do, or are you are going to fear them or even yourself over God? Don't do it. Fear God, keep his commandments, reverence him, and God will bless your socks. Father, help us tonight. Father, may we understand what the fear of man's all about, the fear of God. May Lord Jesus, we not, we not, there's some, no doubt, this is a powerful weapon, powerful weapon of the evil one against your people to do the right thing. Father, we pray that they would overcome the fear. And the Bible says we're not of the spirit of fear. First, 2 Timothy 1.7, we're not of the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. Father, you've not given us to that spirit. Help us to not have that spirit of of the fear of man, and help us to have the fear of God. Oh, Lord Jesus, we pray that they're being in this room without Christ. They've They've never specifically, actively asked Jesus to be their Savior and Lord. They have not placed their simple childlike faith upon the one who died, was buried, and rose again the third day. May this be the day they say so. May this be the day they say, yes, I want to know Christ. You may have been a church member. You may have been baptized. You may have had a priest uh, uh, pour something over you. You may have had things done, but they were religious. They really weren't from your inside. It wasn't you and God. It was an institution. It was a group. It was a function, but it wasn't you. May, Lord God, you help those people to be saved, one to one, you and them. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. If you'd like to know more about Jesus and a subject preached on, please contact us at gospel at com or call us at 239-947-1285. God bless.